Salam Salam from the Windy City. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 14th of July 2022. Here's a quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. Remember the Oromo Liberation Army or OLA's attack on Amharans in the Kalem Olega zone? Well, survivors said that even though government forces have arrived in the area, they are still in danger. They urged the authorities to put an end to attacks based on ethnicity. They said they didn't want more statements from government agencies denouncing the attacks and expressing condolences, but protection and security. The funerals of the victims were held last week. Still, the survivors were not alone in pushing the government for protection. The opposition party, Ethiopian Citizens for Social Justice, has also asked the executive to carry out its obligations of protecting citizens and their properties. The party said that the ruling political party, the Prosperity Party, should lay out a systemic plan to ensure peace and security. On Thursday the 7th, Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed was in a parliament and talked to the House of People representatives about the attack, as well as other pressing issues in the country. He expressed his condolences and said that if the government continues taking measures on the OLA, it will beat the group. Recall said that the executive deems the OLA a terrorist organization. Avi also said that even though the government is obliged to ensure security, the public also has the duty of listening to the authorities. Now, the prime minister also talked about the nationwide census, exports, agriculture, negotiation with the Tigray People's Liberation Front, among other topics. Even though the OLA's attacks have left the whole nation heartbroken, the government did not declare a national mourning day. However, that didn't stop the opposition parties. Enot, the Ethiopian Unity Organization, and the Ethiopian People's Revolutionary Party from calling all Ethiopians at home and abroad to express their condolences through images on social media. They also asked citizens to dress in black and observe a moment of silence at noon on Monday the 11th. Many accepted the call and remembered the victims. Moving on. In Asosa, the capital city of the Benchangul Gumus region, the city administration police imposed a curfew due to the security concerns in the city. The curfew was made effective on Friday the 8th, but the city administration police did not say when it would be lifted. It starts at 8 p.m. at night and lasts until 6 a.m. in the morning. After 8 p.m., hotels, bars, and other businesses aren't allowed to provide services. Unless there's an emergency, no one can stay outside after 9 p.m. Last week, we told you that the federal high court had granted bail to journalist Temeskin de Salin, but the police didn't release him. The Addis Ababa Police Commission said that Temeskin wasn't released because the prosecutors had appealed to the Supreme Court to have the High Court's decision overturned. Now, since the Supreme Court favored the prosecutors, the Police Commission did not release Temeskin. He will have to appear before the Federal Supreme Court this Thursday the 14th. On the other hand, another journalist, Yesu Shemelis, went missing on the 28th of June, but returned home after 11 days. Now, the journalist said on his social media page that law enforcement officials broke into his house and kidnapped him. He didn't know where he was the whole time until they released him in the middle of a forest in the outskirts of Addis. Now, more than a decade ago, the government started an affordable housing program in Addis Ababa. In this program, once the executive built the properties, prospective house buyers could either deposit 40% of the total price first and pay the rest 60% later, or pay 20% first and 80% later. The program came to be known as 4060 and 2080. Since there are more prospective buyers than houses, the government distributes the properties using a lottery draw to make it fair. And to participate in the draw, potential buyers should have the amount that they would pay upfront in their savings account. On Friday the 8th, another draw was held with more than 25,000 houses for grabs and almost 
80,000 prospective buyers. Now, this result took more than three days to be revealed, but the Addis Ababa Housing Development Corporation said that the results came in late because of the auditing process. Now, after the audit, the corporation found out that some people committed fraud, since many who hadn't saved and did not have the money were included in the draw, and others even won. Now, on Wednesday the 13th, Addis's mayor, Adana Chobebe, and the Information Network Agency director, Dr. Shemeta Gizwa, issued a joint statement confirming that a fraud has been committed. The next day, on Thursday the 14th, 10 individuals were arrested on fraud charges. Speaking of houses, the Addis Ababa City Administration has said that landlords are not allowed to increase rent prices until the rules on rent are amended. The city's mayor said that the inflation is putting pressure on residents and increasing rent prices will worsen their situation. He also said that the city administration will take measures against people who have breached this resolution. In other news, two months ago, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church's foreign affairs head and Archbishop of the Dire Dawa and the Djibouti Diocese, His Holiness Father Aragawi, was sent to the Cleveland Clinic in Abu Dhabi to follow treatment as his health was deteriorating. Now, the church has revealed that Father Aragawi has completed his treatment and will return to Ethiopia on Friday the 15th. Ahadu Bank was inaugurated last week and says that it will start operations on Saturday the 16th. The bank has about 10,000 shareholders and 10 million U.S. dollars in paid capital. The bank's board of directors chairman, Antene Sasibe, said that the bank plans on opening 50 branches in the middle of September. The chairman also said that 15% of the bank's loans will be given to entrepreneurs and small businesses. On that note, about millions of wealthy businessmen, Belene Kinde donated 10 million burr or 200,000 US dollars to young entrepreneurs in the Sekula district of the Umhara region. Belene said that creating jobs is not only the duty of the government, but the duty of investors and wealthy individuals. He also urged the youth to work hard to create wealth, recalling that he too was a self-made millionaire who'd worked his way from the bottom. Next up. The Ethiopian National Meteorology Institute has warned the public that in the next two weeks there might be heavy rains that would cause floods. Now, a flood would especially be devastating to farms in rural areas. The institute expects heavy rainfall in the Afar, Amhara, Tigray, Oromia, and southern regions. And to close this edition, last week we told you about an online get-rich-quick scheme that turned out to be a scam. Now, this week, the federal police said that it has set up two hotlines for victims of online scams. They can now call 987 or 991 to report. Aside from this, victims can also report to the police commission's headquarters in Addis. The federal police communication director, Jaylan Abdi, told the Ethiopian Broadcasting Corporation that the police commission understands that the number of entities that use technology to scam people is increasing. He also said that the police are working with other law enforcement agencies to resolve this issue. Now that's it for this week. Would you like us to talk about Ethiopia's traditional food or folk dances? If so, let us know at ethiopia at rorschach.com. Goodbye. <laughs>